begins with this gate drop. What is going on, Power to the Ground fans? Welcome to another great episode of, I don't even know what we'll call this, uh, the weekly review show with Doug and Tiller. I don't know. Sounds good to me. It'll work in a pinch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Streaming here on your your favorite uh, motorsports media network, Power to the Ground. Uh, Don't forget to stop over powertotheground.com. Check us out. See all the work that Jesse's doing. I really like that. I think that's what Atlanta 2, the video on the background. You just see Barsha sliding all over the place. Surprised he's not like trying to kick people and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> that's I was just on it checking all the pick'em stuff, man. So I, I love that video. But it's uh also a big shout out to Sean over at Bro Taco Hot Sauce, BrotacoFoods.com. Don't forget to use code PTTG. That's P-T-T-G for 20% off your order. Uh, I love it. It's uh, He's testing out some dry rubs too, so make sure that you, you uh, pay attention to that. Uh, everything I've heard from guys that have used it, they've really liked it. And looking at Jesse's, it looked like it was definitely tasty. I kind of wanted to drive up to Rhode Island and just sit down at his dinner table and ask when it was going to be ready. You're not doing yeah right road trip also thank you to sunstar sprockets and chains sunstar-breaking.com don't forget to jump over there email the support team use code pttg email or something that includes pttg in the email and they will hook you up with 30 percent get your get you driving and stopping good they also have uh breaking products too so all the team green guys i think the uh star yamaha guys are all running breaking i think too so they'll get you get you all set up to go fast and stop hard man also don't forget to jump over to our facebook page power to the ground podcast and jesse's doing a giveaway so he's been running it i think but he put it up last Friday or Saturday. He's been doing it like a week, I think. I can't remember. I just know I have thousands of notifications on my phone from Facebook, and I can't keep up with them all. So it's uh, stop over at our Facebook page. Jesse was nice enough to pin it to the top so you can see it. As soon as you get on the page, scroll down a little bit. It should be one of the first couple posts. Also, please don't forget, like, comment, share, and subscribe. It helps us out a ton. We were 16 views away for setting our weekly record last week, which I thought was pretty good. I can't believe there's that many people that want to hear us drone on and on about about motorcycles. But Setting records over here. We are. And the good ones, too. Not even the bad ones. Not like A-Ray records. You know? No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> other than that, we—I mean, well, we got our website, power the number two, the ground.com, Like we said, don't forget all the Pickham stuff. We're gonna go over Pickham's results for this week. The—they're uh, all over the place, man. Still really, really tight. Uh, so we'll go over that once we go over all the news. I don't know. Do we want to start with some 250s, man? Let's jump into it. 
let's just jump right into it let's let's get it going so we had our 250s that was a interesting race and i did read just before you jumped on that the old zombie blow said that he was okay mm-hmm. he he i think he said he left the hospital he's got some bumps and bruises and he's hanging out at home uh, probably yeah probably done for the season that mm-hmm. was uh that was a crazy wreck man that was uh you couldn't even see it you just saw him kind of up over the bars with the oh shit moment that we've all probably had once or twice in our lives and we all know the outcome when your hips are level with your bars and the back wheel is off the ground we all know where that's going to end so yeah, I still couldn't find the camera angle that showed him hitting, but yeah, the one camera angle you see over and over again when you see him going, it's just you know what's what's right there. Even where I was sitting on um Saturday night, when it happened, I didn't realize what had happened because they kept going around and styles went down in the whoops right in front of me. And so where they where they originally went down was off to my left behind the the tower. Yeah, and I couldn't see it happen, and I thought that they were stopping everything because Styles was still down in the the whoops when they started waving the flag really fast, and I was like, okay, well he's up and gone. What's happening? And then I looked up and saw you could see I I could just see past the tower him down there in between some of the jumps getting taken care of. Um, yeah, and I was I got really caught off guard because you just couldn't tell what happened over there at first. Well, that's the broadcast team didn't really say anything either like i think i ended up texting you or hitting you up on discord and i was like is it that windy or is that like rotors and you're like no there's definitely a helicopter coming to pick up blows and i'm like oh shit because you could just faintly hear the thump 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 and if you've ever been around helicopters you know that sound you know but i didn't know if maybe it was just the uh the backdrop the wind slapping like the backdrops and stuff like that around wherever they had their mics. But yeah, that got, that got scary quick, man. Oh yeah. I didn't even, I skipped through the, when I rewatched the two fifty main last night, I skipped through that blank spot and wasn't, so I, I wouldn't have heard anything. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was, uh, and of course they don't say anything, you know? And the only reason I really knew about it was because you had said something. So I'm sitting there like, hopefully this dude isn't like seriously injured, like never walk might not ever breathe again type of deal. You know, like it's scary, especially being a racer and you know what happens at the track, you know, and you see that kind of wreck and you're like, Oh man, you know, like what happened? And there, like you said, there was no camera angles. So nobody knew, but I don't know. I'm just glad that he's all right, man. He seems to, seems to be getting around i mean broken ribs sucks really bad but it could have been way worse especially when you're taking a helicopter ride so glad to see that hopefully yeah hopefully he doesn't have a whole set of busted ribs um it's just something little but yeah i definitely don't see him coming back El brayton's still out from yeah rib stuff but i guess there's a difference between what separated ribs is a lot different than broken ribs too well, plus there's way. a there's a very large age ga- gap between those two, also. Britain's still at twenty two. It's fine, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's uh, 
Like you definitely don't heal as good the older you get. That is something that I am learning the hard way. Yeah. Now that now that we're getting back into it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is uh what else? There was the restarts were both they were pretty clean. I mean, McAdoo was doing dirt angels again. But Yeah, so there was the after the first restart when he uh well no, that was the first one when he went wide. Um, I yeah. forgot because they were I, I got it mixed up this afternoon. I was questioning my own sanity when I was watching some of the highlights again. I think they got it backwards in one of the videos where they were talking about the second restart but showed the first one first and then uh, oh, yeah. or no, showed the second one first. So you're looking at it, listening to them talk about it and it's like this isn't the right one because they just all went through cleanly and then they showed the first one second and that's oh, the one yeah. where, if, you know, where everything happened. Um I think yeah. I saw that video too, and my brain was like, "Something's not right," but I never like put it together. You know, I was like, "That's weird." All right, maybe I'm yeah, just, just misremembering. Rewinded it like four or five times. I was like, "This isn't, this isn't what they're saying, and this isn't what happened." <laughs> like, it's <laughs> yeah. like the second start. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, you know, they get the start, everybody keeps going. Um, <clears throat> it was. The I remember I don't know let's see so we were talking about talk we we'll start at the top Thrasher Cooper um when I was rewatching the highlights again I saw it because I didn't see the pass when it happened but that section where he made that pass it was the little I call it dog leg um you know where they go out do the one eighty come back ninety onto the uh, the wall over the sand um yeah. they kept going in and they would single double single into the corner to keep it really tight. they'd roll it in to keep it really tight to come out of the corner and there was always a bunch of bunching there and i noticed lopes was doing it really good um a setting or some guys were doing it setting some fast laps you could tell when they were doing it but then some other guys were doing it really fast during the heats they would come ride the 90 to the right really high double double swing really wide in that 180 just haul speed and then double double out yeah, and it was clearly way faster. But you know, if they're trying to protect lines or something, it's maybe not the best. But any time that there were multiple people already in the main line, it was clearly faster to do the double double round. And you could, because of how close they were cutting it right there and how fast you were going, almost anybody could double double around and get out before the other person. It didn't help that Cooper bobbled, you know, in that section that made it a little bit easier for Thrasher to catch and pass. But yeah, it was. There was a, a lot of people not doing that line for most of it, even though it was clearly faster, especially when there are people in front of them. And I was kind of surprised yeah. by that. Ferrandez thought it was faster in the 450s until he ran into Anderson because that's what he was doing. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm glad to see Thrasher getting back up there, man, not just a one and done. He was, uh, he was looking good. He, and, Nothing against like Cooper and Hammaker and and those guys, but Thrasher was on fire all Atlanta like the whole time. It was great to see. Yeah, I think he said it in the press conference uh, from the race. I really think, a, I think it's something more than just the starts because I don't think this coast in the two fifties is that hard to ride through. You know. Take it from, I mean, Hunter Lawrence is a lot faster, probably, but, you know, he can, he rode through a lot of people on Saturday night. Yeah. So 
I don't think it's just Thrasher saying, oh, well, I clearly got better at my starts. Well, clearly you got better at your starts, but there was something else too. You know, unless you just hate riding around other people and you need to be towards the top. Um, I don't know. Um, but he definitely, he's found something else. And hopefully it's not just this style track that suited him. You know, hopefully Salt Lake City, he's able to use the advantage of that Yamaha and it'll be um, him and Cooper and Craig and Nichols up there just, battling for it it's all like city too yeah i don't i don't see thrasher going going too far back i mean he has good good like structure and technique it looks like you know i mean he's really paying attention during all his training and and i mean obviously he's working out real well and stuff like that too so i mean his fitness looked good um I I don't know. I don't, and barring anything crazy happening, I think he's definitely going to be a contender uh, coming up. Obviously we have the sophomore year blues that will be arriving here shortly for him, but Mm -hmm. I I don't see him doing too bad in outdoors either. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys, when they're first coming up, you're like, ah, you know, like outdoors, they do pretty good, but let's see how they do in supercross. And it's hardly ever the other way around. So, I mean, Hunter Lawrence is a prime example of that. You know, I mean, it, last year he couldn't ride Supercross to save his life, it seemed like. And this year he's coming out doing pretty good. He's had some bad luck, and he's not up as high as what a lot of people are hoping that he is. But he's definitely nothing to uh, nothing to look away from, you know. Mm, not at all. So, and we got old uh, Kyle Peters on the Phoenix Racing Honda. Those guys... uh they're doing good, man. They, uh, it's like the epitome of you may not be able to win races all the time. You may not have what it takes to win races, but like if you put yourself in the right spot by doing the right thing, you can take advantage of other people's mistakes and like prove that I'm not saying he's only a top five guy because other people mess up. Yeah. But like, that range is all about the same, but that range, it, it, it almost is. I mean, you got like a coin toss about who gets fifth or whatever. Yeah. But like, if you're talking about in a championship series, as far as, you know, earning points and that's what we're here for, you got to be there every time to do yeah. your best, you know, get a start. Don't be back as far or something. He's but, been yeah, a he's solid top eight guy, you know? So it's, I don't, I don't see anything. And I think they even said it on the broadcast that Phoenix racing Honda went out and picked up like the suspension and motor guy from, um, what is it? Joe Gibbs racing and brought over some of their other equipment, like bought equipment from them and, and different stuff like that. And so they definitely, they have the technology and the know-how to get it done and watching Peters grow up running like kicker arena cross and different series is like that he can race he's good he's got a good mind for it and part of coming in fifth is you get still got to be there even if somebody does wreck you know i mean you got to be in sixth place close enough to capitalize on it and you still have to be there at the end of the race too that's another big important thing a lot of these guys i mean they just fall out and it's it sucks to watch because you're like, yeah, you made the night show, and then they go do two or three laps and they pull off because they're gassed. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an amazing thing for him. You know, it's it's not just training for skill wise, but for a guy that's selling 
cars a lot in his non-racing time. It says a lot, you know, says a lot about his physical ability too, his training, you know, what he's got for endurance, which I think could be interesting if he, you know, does the outdoors maybe for him. Um, I don't even know if he's doing outdoors, but yeah, it's not, you know, just jump in and like finish supercross race in fifth without having done some work to, to get there. Oh yeah. It's a lot of work, man. That's 20 minutes of going as hard as you can. And then you got to do another lap. Yeah. Like, it can't be easy, but running down points real quick. We got Cooper with 180, Hunter Lawrence with 160, McAdoo 158, Hammaker 142 and Swole with 138. Now, McAdoo and Swole did not have a very good weekend. It seemed like this weekend, McAdoo was everywhere. I mean, I got to give it to the kid for the heart, for keeping to get back up and pushing forward and going for it. But at what point does enough become enough? You know, I don't think anybody was going to hold it against him if he was like, you know what, it's, I'm literally only riding to hurt myself at this point. And, it's a tough call, especially when you are such a competitor, but somebody's got to make that call, you know, and he's really lucky, especially Saturday after the wreck and qualifying. And then what two or three other wrecks during the night that he didn't get seriously injured like bad or seriously injure somebody else. Cause I mean, he was out of it. It was like, when we were talking to Jesse earlier, man, it was like watching a prize fighter that, you know, is just punch drunk, just waiting for him to hit the mat and not be able to get back up. And it it was, it sucked to watch. I mean, it was cool to watch, but at the same time, you're just waiting for when is the, this time, the last time, you know, and I don't want to see watching his, his, was it qualifying when he, he doubled by himself without a bike. Yeah, yeah, it was qualified. I just want to make yeah. sure I remember that right. Yeah, because I mean that happened right in front of us. You're just sitting there, you know, kind of watching everything, and all of a sudden, because with the camera, we didn't have a camera following him. You know, we were like, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, look up, and there's a guy in in the air without his bike. Um, you know, that one was on him for messing that up. The I I think with him, it's a it's a hard call for. He's clearly a guy from stories I've heard, you know, about how he's raised, how he's trained, everything about you go balls to the wall all the time. Um, I think last week, JB was saying, you know, there's stories where he, he rides the bicycle literally until he physically cannot ride the bicycle anymore, until like he's throwing up in his training yeah. sometimes, you know, so like he's a, he's clearly a balls to the wall guy. And, yeah. and with him, it's like when, when do you learn the back it down percent kind of thing? You know, maybe yeah. like with a rate too, you know, like guys, some guys just don't have, like, I don't know how to do 98%, you know, it's with him, it's a hundred percent. And so if he's riding physically injured, like if his legs aren't, aren't working as well, he can't hold on to the bike as well, which is, I think I wouldn't be surprised if, cause those whoops were gnarly. And I want to talk about those whoops too, but those whoops were gnarly. I think really the only crash in to me, the main event for him, that you could point at and say maybe was because or more clearly possibly because he was injured um was the one in the whoops yeah and that's you know 
that one was he went down, then there was a pile up. And, yeah. I mean, those whoops got a lot better, but I don't, I don't think that um, the only thing that docs can do is, and I think I heard a couple of good conversations on some pods about that this morning. And it was, these are medically trained doctors that say, I'm testing for a concussion. It's just clear, a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. It's clear whether or not you've got a concussion. If after yeah. a week, like, you know, they've had multiple times to test him. No, he's fine in the head. I don't think a doctor can, unless you've got a guy that's like trying to ride with a broken arm that should be in a sling. That's a different story. But like, I don't know how you can create an objective test to say, no, this guy's leg is too sore. Not yeah. sore might be a weak word, but like, you know, it's too something to where he can't hold onto the bike. And, and that's the thing. It was, it would have to be an objective test where there's a line that's measured. You well, know, they you don't can, even really I, need like an objective test, I guess, to say it would be, it would really be between McAdoo, the manager, and his mechanic. Name three other people that are there that know him any better than those three on how he rides good, how he rides hurt, you know, stuff like that. I mean, immediate family being there aside, because they're always going to be like, maybe you shouldn't, you know. But like with those three, they're like, can you do it? Maybe. Is there a little doubt? And it was clear when you were watching him ride around that he did not have the bike control that he probably should have, especially yeah. after March Banks went nuts on him. Like, I don't even know what that was, but. Well, that's a different, yeah. you know, if you're coming at it from that angle, that is a different thing than like a lot of, a lot of the, you know, a lot of people are saying like, oh, the AMA should stop him. That's like totally different than the yeah. team, the rider, the mechanic, and the manager being like, hey, yeah. we're in the championship hunt, but like, yeah, are you okay to ride? That's a completely, those are two completely different calls made with two completely different reasons. Yeah. Um, or not but completely it, different reasons, but like with two completely different mindsets about why and, you know, if you can or can't. And, I would love for, you know, somebody to be in the team manager or rider's position to where they, they felt like I was thinking about it before we started the show. And I was like, it's kind of the difference between like you and I in a normal job, maybe not you and your job necessarily, but like <laughs> if we need to take a sick day, yeah, my company's not, it's not really going to change how my company performed at the end of the season. You know, yeah. like Cameron McAdoo can't be like, I need to take a sick day without it negatively affecting yeah you know he he and his team in the championship stand. so that's a, a lot of weird pressure for a kid that age to try to but i can't up. see anybody after watching his big get off on tuesday the big get off and uh qualifying getting run over again on the first lap i can't see anybody where they would be like no you're not sick you know like mm -hmm. rub some dirt on it you puss get back out there Dude, there was nobody who was going to say that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you can't question his heart after what he's done, you know, or his drive. That I mean, that's not fair to the kid at all. Not mm -hmm. even a little bit, you know? And But sometimes tough calls like that, it has to come from somebody that is in, like, a position like that, you know? Like, it has to be... Because what happens if 
didn't turn out the way it did. Now you're not just out a race, you're out potentially all of outdoors as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, his body is beat to crap. I mean, I wish he would post a bunch of pictures of all the bumps and bruises on Instagram. You know, I, I have zero doubt that he's messed up, you know, oh, and it's, bruises. oh yeah. And it's, coming from somebody that has been the same way almost my whole life where I don't know the quit, you know, like I know the toll that takes on your body, man. Like, and sometimes I do wish that there was somebody that was there that was like, bro, no, like you just need to chill out. You gave it hell. You know, nobody's going to think that you're a puss for not lining back up. Like that was a crazy wreck. Let's make sure that we're all right. Cause when your adrenaline's pumping, like when I broke my wrist, man, I was ready to jump back on the quad and go, mm. you know, <laughs> like you don't, you don't feel it, you know? So it's, and, and that's my biggest thing is I like, I love seeing it. I, I think it's awesome, especially when you're talking about these athletes on those bikes being some of the top physically fit athletes out of all sports through the whole world. I mean, it's, it's great to see him do that where he can literally launch himself over like a 60 foot double and just get up, you know, like that, where does that happen ever anywhere else, you know, but at the same time, I I don't like seeing him get super hurt either, you know, or next thing, you know, he's 35 retiring and can barely walk. Like we've seen a couple times from past riders as well, mostly through like seventies, eighties, nineties, not so much today, but it's still out there, man. You know? And I think that's, that's the tough call that nobody is bringing up, you know? And it's, it, it is very much a, a moral question rather than a, the AMA can't say shit. You know, oh yeah, I mean, and that's they the, can, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the, that's just I wish that I wish the conversation was more around like the way you're framing it instead of like oh the AMA should have like taken him off the off the thing instead of like well he should have felt comfortable making that decision himself. You know, like yeah, and I think I mean this is a totally different conversation. We don't have to go down the road, but like I think in the future if they start if you know Feld or whoever's running supercross at the time is like, Hey, you know, maybe these three rounds of a week thing are working out. And so maybe we can add in more, you know, add in more rounds because we can do three in a week. Now, I think if they start doing that, they need to start considering like some drop rounds or yeah. something or some other way of doing the points so that you don't feel like you have to do every single one, because exactly like on this one, maybe if, you know, if there was a drop round and McAdoo was like, after you know after that like i'm taking a night off and it's not gonna hurt me you know because it's better for me to take this one off and not feel like i'm screwing over the championship and yeah it's just that's a tough call for him to be in and i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be in that position where i felt like hey i'm out there i could potentially lose a championship and not win it tonight by doing what might be considered the no like not joking on it but safe call well that's why i'm saying it's got to be like Mitch and his mechanic, man, because oh, the yeah, competitor is not going to make that. Yeah. It's not, it's just like Wayne said when, I mean, to paraphrase it, it's, it's a different perspective, especially when the competitor in you wants to go. And I a hundred percent agree, you know, but that's why it has to be 
the guy that is not the competitor that's still close to the competitor that can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And the AMA can't even get live scoring right, man. So I don't put this on the AMA. You know, Feld is it's not a monster truck. You know, they just sell tickets. I don't think they they know how to do it. It has to be the teams, man. Like we have to take care of our assets is mm-hmm. the biggest thing. And that's a rider is an asset, you know. So it's I don't know. It's it's a tough call and it's not a popular call and it's not an easy call, you know, but it's it's a lot better, I think, than the like the alternative, oh, I guess is sure. what I would call it, you know, because it's it, the kid's still young and he has great potential, you know, don't let him bury it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because he doesn't want to quit, you know, and that's like I said, it's it's great to watch especially like i'm raising two young boys and i'm the same way i don't i don't quit anything either you know and that's how i'm trying to teach them but i don't know maybe it's just because i'm old and broken you know (laughs) i mean it's a toss-up in that in that context you know it's kind of like if you're you know we talk about you know we want these we want these guys to be representatives of the sport, you know, like idols, you know, athletes should be idols to an extent or mm, they're looked up to go down. Yeah. You want to be able to look up to them. Idols is a weird way to go, but yeah, Yeah. you should be able to look up to them. And that's the thing. It's like, so with McAdoo, like dude, you know, had one of the gnarliest wrecks anybody's ever seen on television. And then is just, like no, I, I don't quit, you know. And so, like, that's yeah. a that's a quality you want in an athlete that you can have your kids look up to, be like, hey, look, like this is what happens. You don't quit too. But then also, it would be nice if he and the team could say, like, you know, another quality is we, you know, we understand when it's best to chill for yeah. a day because it's the right thing to do, yeah. you know, instead of feeling like you got to go out and just go 100 percent, even when you're not he's um, got that bubba stewart in a man where he's yeah. just if it's not on the rev limiter then he ain't riding it you know and it's it's great to watch and he's fast and he's got the technique to handle it but man like <laughs> you gotta chill out sometimes yeah yeah you know? yeah it'll be, it'll be crazy um oh big james was there on saturday he was, was uh he? he was working working in the truck uh helping out at the star truck just oh chilling. nice yeah it was didn't cool. uh mookie got hurt didn't he i thought i saw the medic thing on his racer x profile he he got hurt on tuesday night oh he did yeah he did good on uh saturday night man he was um well well, we can kind of transition to the 450s if you want to, but also in the in the meantime. So, I mean, multiple of these guys in the press conference talked about these whoops being some of the hardest whoops they've seen Dude, they in almost big. forever. Um, I was kind of surprised big. that so many of them said the hardest set of whoops I've ever ridden ever, because my context, my frame of reference was when I got there, I saw, I couldn't see the whoops over there by the huge corner where Cooper passed Kenny. I couldn't Mm -hmm. see him. The ones right in front of us, 
Um, I looked at it today. I looked at the picture I took uh, after qualifying was over, and I looked at the video I took when I got there. Those whoops when I got there, those looked scary. They were pointy. They were huge. Like watching the first couple laps of qualifying on those, those guys, it was so scary to see. Like even the 450A group, the first time around, obviously, if you're towards the front, you got a you got an ability to kind of just go straight through them the first time around. You know, obviously they'd been out there one other, one other time for qualifying in the free practice before, but only two guys flew through them the first time, and then after that, everybody chilled. Which obviously, like if the second quarter of the group has to go slow and everybody behind you has to go slow too but only yeah. two guys wanted to go through it and it was ap and maybe mookie uh in 450a yeah, they, were pointy, they were scary everybody was getting sketchy i only saw a couple people do a clean run on them a few times one of them oh, was yeah. eli he managed like one perfect run straight through them and the rest of the time it just didn't look good and then i was like some somebody's I honestly was like, somebody could really leave here on a stretcher from the whoops tonight, you know, and they 18, were not good. Um, 18 is a little much. I think yeah. if it was 14 or 16, uh, yeah, it was, I, there was it, a lot of them, bad. but they, they were just, they were even like, even that number of them, just, these were some of the pointiest ones I've ever seen, especially in person, but just, I don't recall seeing any on, that they've made this year being that pointy and that big um, yeah. because you couldn't jump through them. Like the, when they tried kind of like jumping through them, it, that looked like a bucking Bronco scary. Oh, um, it was, it was, it was gnarly. So then, you know, they did everything. We went, walked around, came back, they cleared it up and they, the tops all smooth, way more rounded. They didn't look like I thought I was like, they don't quite look like perfect jumpers. Um, but they looked way better. And so to even see these whoops and have guys 50, oh man, that would have been, <laughs> that's what Roxon said nuts. too. <laughs> um, yeah, for them to, for these guys to say these whoops were some of the hardest ones they've ever had were kind of crazy just because of how much better they looked after the first set to me, I was like, oh, no, this will be great. This is a whole new Whole new thing. I think I even told some of the fantasy guys, I was like, hey guys, Marv's a contender again now because he can jump these whoops. Um, yeah. And even some, some of the riders have said even so far, like they weren't even that jumpable, which I kind of surprised me. They just, you know, watching them try to jump, it didn't work out as well. But speaking of Marvin, did you notice that he wasn't wearing his neck brace on Saturday? I, you know, I didn't notice it. And then I heard about it today. And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's kind of. Yeah kind of interesting um, i noticed it and i was talking back and forth like texting back and forth with a couple of my friends and we we're like maybe he just forgot it <laughs> like i don't know like did he not pack it because no i, I think didn't somebody was saying uh when i heard it mentioned this morning whenever i was listening to they made a point to say like no it was he had it there but he just wasn't wearing it during the race i can't remember i think they said he was wearing it during opening ceremonies but i don't remember I couldn't um, see them from the, they don't show them on TV. So I tried streaming them, but I didn't give you guys a good enough heads up. And I realized I had my <laughs> mic off halfway through. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And I turned them on. Um, yeah. It, uh, I didn't, I didn't notice. I will say I, what I thought was pretty cool. Um, 
where we were sitting, I think I told you like, because we were right near the, by the finish line. So there was kind of flat areas uh, at the, in the walkways. And that's yeah. where like some of the team people would sit. So like Michael Lindsay was sitting up over there. And then I looked over at one point and Matilde had come up and was like standing right beside us in her, that little flat section. Dude, she didn't take her eyes off Marv the whole time. Didn't give a, like she might've looked at some point. Cause obviously I wasn't watching her the whole time, but she didn't care about what was happening everywhere else. Like Marv was all alone for the most of the race relatively. Yeah didn't take her eyes off him the whole time she just was like she was afraid ap was gonna hip check him again dude that's what it was maybe, maybe. <laughs> she did she looked just concerned like she had like a motherly just concern on him the whole time just oh, yeah. watching him it was like oh, okay i can of, see that that's kind of neat i'm horrible when my friends are racing because i'm the same way like i forget about all the rest of the races that i'm supposed mm-hmm. to be like covering and i'm like i'm just watching them you know and it it's bad but I, I mean, I get it. I, my wife would probably do the same thing. I race in the woods, so obviously she can't just follow me around the whole track. But yeah, I mean, but it's just so cool, you know. Like, how many races has she's like seen him oh, race? Yeah. You know, and for the fact that she still like will, she probably there with, still like, remembers that, that race. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, God, don't mess up your knee. Um, yeah. She's like, I'm not getting you water every 15 minutes. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, that was pretty cool um, to see that that she just you know still like after so many years still oh, yeah. that concerned about watching him um, and that intense on watching him and not the whole race you know uh, oh yeah yeah it definitely is and that's the cool spot about sitting kind of where you're at in any of the stadiums if you go up like to almost the first landing like the ground level landing where you can either go up or down to your seats. Mm-hmm. Dude, you run into so many like riders, uh, mechanics, team owners, managers, like you'll just they just cultivate kind of right there because that's, you know, it's easy for them to get into and out of and still see who they got to see. And so it's uh, that's where I like to hang out, especially in Supercross. Motocross is a little different. You just got to go find the food truck and you can usually find most of the racers. But yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> with yeah, uh, Supercross Supercross in the future um because yeah. where I, I normally sit I try to sit in a good spot to where I can see opening corner and like a good other high level not too high not too low right angle yeah. depending on the track map and stuff um so this was the first to sit kind of in that spot yeah because during qualifying a lot of the team guys were out there with their radios just hanging out um oh yeah it was pretty cool and it's I usually always try to sit opposite uh, at Atlanta Motor Speedway, it's a lot harder. But in the stadiums, I usually try to sit opposite of the start or opposite of the finish line because I always get stuck to where the tower cuts out like half of my view and I'm mm. short, you know. So it's not like I can just stand up and like look around. Yeah. But, so I always try to sit opposite side, but then I can get a little closer, feel the, feel the exhaust. Yeah. Smell yeah. it. That was the uh, only downside to um, this race that was different than the dome was just like, I mean, you could still hear it. It wasn't like an obnoxious, like echoey loud. So it was really yeah. cool. You could still hear things and it was a much different sound level. Yeah. The smell wasn't quite there. Um, it was, uh, it was interesting. We can talk about that. Go into some of the super speedway talk after we go over the four fifties, if you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's jump the four fifties, man. Um, 
450 main, we had Webb. <laughs> I shouldn't even be saying this, man. That was a 12-second lead. Webb, Roxon, Tomac, Plessinger, and Barsha coming in your top five. Uh, we had Barsha was kind of a silent assassin on Saturday. I fully expected him to kind of hitch a ride with Tomac and kind of ride to the front, mm-hmm. which it felt like he did, but he just he, he died out towards the end, man. It, well, at least it felt like he did. Now, with AP, great start, and his fitness is there. I think he's, he still does really good pacing when guys are around him, but I think when there's a little bit different you know, when the gap is a little larger, I think he has a little bit more trouble. You know, I mean, he did good keeping up with Reb, with Roxon, with Tomac. And then once it got a little gap, it, it feels like his self pace kind of backs off a notch, if, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, Barsha still couldn't get around him, you know, and it was a great ride by Plessinger. I'm glad to see some some blue bikes up there, man, between him and Mookie, dude, they're making the star bikes look phenomenal, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. If they can, so, like we talked about with some of the point stuff earlier, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I think next year it's all about consistency. Get rid of those, those really crappy nights and yeah. they'll, they'll be in a whole different spot. It'll be oh great. yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Tomac also surprised me. I through the whole Atlanta, We'll use Blair's word residency. Um, he kind of surprised me. I expected more out of Tomac, to be honest with you. Well, I think after that first night, everybody did, right? Because you know, everybody was like, oh, super speedway race. It's like Daytona. It's the closest the closest thing to Daytona we've ever had, yeah. right? So it's like, it's the only thing we can relate it to. So by you know, association, that means he's got to be good here because he does so good at Daytona. And my argument yeah. was... It's just the layout, which yeah, there's a lot more really rhythm Tomac. section. There's, yeah, it's it's a just a really long supercross track. Granted, yeah, because there's a lot less corners. We've realized that the speeds are overall speeds are insane with the less corners. Um, so we were all you know at the beginning it was like okay, so Dude. maybe Webb's just not going to do it here because there's not the corners for him to use that tight turning bike, right? Yeah. Um, those boys were flying down that front stretch, man. Yeah. Especially through that sand. Holy cow. I thought, you know, after what was that? Arlington three or two? Yeah, two where or two or one where Kenny just wasn't working out in the sand. I was like, maybe the sand's just gonna get him this year. And I was totally expecting the sand sections at Atlanta to just eat him up. You know, I was like, maybe he just can't handle the sand. But it's something about that one that night was just best in them. He's got it figured out. They were going almost too fast through those sand sections. The fact that none of them just pulled a sexton and ate it in the sand i'm kind of kind of amazed the ranger or whatever they were using for the follow cam going through there couldn't keep up yeah like they were moving it was pretty fun to watch especially because i'm an outdoor guy i like the high speeds big jumps you know stuff like that um yeah they were had the people on that end of the track were having some fun watching what was going on down there um i I mean there wasn't a lot you know they didn't spend a lot of time on that side of the track but there was a lot of fun stuff to watch Um, yeah that the sand section on the south side of the track leading up towards 
Yeah. Nobody did this line during the races that I saw, but during qualifying, the fast line was they would come through and they would hit that the single on the inside, fly mm-hmm. over the sand section. All the fast laps in qualifying, that's how the 450s oh. did it. Not a single Playing person some, I saw did it that night. Some real life mad skills motocross, man. Oh, jumping yeah. all the sand. <laughs> Just launch it. You know, a full, it was like three, three full rollers of that sand section. They just launched over. That's awesome though. It was nuts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like you're saying, Roxon threw it away, man. Um, I didn't get to look at, I'm looking at the lap times again right now. Um, I knew they were clearly better, but yeah, web literally flipping the switch two full seconds a difference in his lap time when when he smelt the blood in the water yeah just he like, and who, i think the biggest literally thing just kills two full seconds off their lap time in somebody the that's race. not just destined for second oh, like, i think the biggest thing was is when like kenny checked out and then when he dropped it webb probably saw him like out of the corner of his eye in one of the next sections and then they came around the mechanics area and i think his mechanic was like kenny ate it go you know or something along those lines and he did he dropped the hammer yeah Yeah. i think he could see him when he came through and he saw him down in the section yeah i mean he was doing fast speeds like he hit 137s on lap four and five um but i think probably for cooper it was probably like i mean like how okay, like, I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna try too hard and kill myself out here tonight. Like, I'll, we'll go into Salt Lake City with still an advantage. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't, I looked at, when I, when I watched the highlights again today, that's the one I, that was what I was looking at because they had a really good camera angle of how he went down. Wait, I think, let's... I don't, th- I don't think it was, it was not a, like a full on, like McAdoo's crash on Tuesday night, his bar was clearly bent, right? But you see these guys, they lose their shit when their levers are off by an inch, which I totally respect. My levers yeah. are up or down too far, like it drives me nuts. So I could definitely see that like if it was off just a little bit in any direction to where you couldn't see it from like six feet away, yeah, I, I definitely think that's that's something that could could drive him nuts. I think between a small something on his bars the way his bike hit and then a heart rate spike yeah yeah and that's uh for the audio people (laughs) uh dale crow asked on facebook do you think he really bent his bars on that crash and i was gonna say something similar to tiller's it uh it doesn't take a lot to bend those bars unfortunately Uh, a lot of those especially the supercross built bikes they're a hundred percent for weight savings. I mean, they're worse than sprint car guys. They'll go out there and spend thousands of dollars to save a pound on titanium bolts, you know, and, uh, they're not running like Renthal twin ring or twin walls or anything. They're just running standard aluminum, the lightest bars that they can get with the bends that they like. And it really doesn't take much to bend them. And if you've ever tried to ride, a bike like you get used to a bike and then it bends ever so slightly dude it 
it drives you crazy for a little bit until you get used to it. You know, especially, I mean, that track was a fast track, you know, and not only was it fast, but there was big jumps and a lot of whoops. So if he was feeling a little bit uncomfortable, like if his, what would it have been? His left hand was just a little lower than his right or something. I can see Mm -hmm. where that would mess you up a little bit. Now I didn't see the bike afterwards or anything. So I can't really measure from the ground up to the bar on both sides and be like, yeah, it was like an inch and a half out or, or something like that. But it really doesn't take much to bend those bars. I mean, we've dropped bikes and bent twin walls and then we just ratchet strap it to our stands and get under it and just bend it back with your shoulder. I mean, it doesn't take much, you know, um, so I can yeah, see like bending the bars, tilting it, even in the triple clamps, you know, yeah. just, like these guys are so particular. I mean, the, the, if you look at the measurements on some of these bars about what the millimeter difference is that makes the difference between the different bar bends that these guys have, they're just oh, yeah. particular about the standard set of those bars, much yeah. less if it gets like, you know, a few millimeters forward, backwards, up, down or something. And like Jesse said, you know, considering he was jumping the whoops part of it, you know, maybe he was scared of the whoops um the yeah. rest of the time or he was just like worn out or something but yeah i could imagine you know a whoop section that long like we were talking about earlier like is you have to be so precise in those whoops and if his bars off just a little bit to where he can't get in that position that he's like feels perfectly balanced and you know can ride through yeah i, I don't know if i'd want to risk it so i i think it i don't i think there's some riders where i would be like mm, that's just a good excuse but i think for for Kenny, I've got no reason to doubt yeah. him. And it that. did take the full weight of the bike. And it it doesn't necessarily have to be as bars bent. It could have been it knocked a riser bushing loose. That happens a lot on those bikes. Oh, yeah. Where it, I mean, because that's just a piece of aluminum with a steel bolt through it. And it doesn't take much to wallow that thing out, you know, with some rubber grommets around it. It doesn't take much to wallow it out. So, I mean maybe that's what he was talking about i i I can't say definite what it was you know i mean i'm not as mechanic and nobody has said anything about it after so yeah i think it's just kind of most of those most of the people probably like oh yeah i could see something 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 happening i think for him it it could have been a thousand things but yeah it's hard to say kenny yes is is the easiest thing to say instead of the logical thing to say yeah other than like i messed up say, instead of being like yeah. so so these uh these levers we run like they do this thing and then like when you hit the ground like that it got tilted oh, this yeah. one little way and they're like which way up or down he's like it doesn't matter you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's uh and a lot of times like especially if your bushings go out or you you tweak a riser it'll feel like you bent your bars too mm-hmm. so I mean, it could be, there's a lot of parts in there, like just in that little area that they get off just a little bit and it feels like a mile, you know, cause I mean, it's all angles and stuff, you know, but one degree at the center of the bike could be 10 degrees on the outside of the bike. It's just, it's, it's hard to say, you know, and I know one I mean, thing that messes me up was on my, one of my last bikes, I was so sure it's something that had gotten bent when I went down one time. I, it could have been the forks got misaligned or something to the wheel or like something, but I st- there was a lot of asymmetric stuff going on in the cockpit of that bike. But part of yeah. it too is like, if it 
doesn't look right even because oh, like yeah. maybe his number plate got like moved around a little bit or the fender like was off a little yeah. bit too that like you're kind of like something's like, not right but i can't tell what it straight. is yeah yeah you can't yeah it's it's crazy and that's just that's how perfectly set up they have their cockpits you know um, yeah it's i mean i'm the same way if my bars are rolled forward or rolled back even a fraction of an inch i'm like oh it feels so weird i don't like it like there's i can't get comfortable you know Mm -hmm. like it i mean i get it you know but at the same time i can't say a hundred percent that wasn't just the the easy answer you know like Mm -hmm. hey what happened i messed up and i bent my bars and then i lost six seconds (laughs) you know yeah i i don't know i'm not in the position to answer that you know um, I don't know. I, 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 logical, yes, to a degree. Easy answer, about equal. You know, yeah. so <laughs> it's not unreasonable to 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 believe him on that one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't. I watched the I watched the pass again a hundred times today. You know, and Kenny even said in the press conference, he was like, I knew he was behind me. Yeah. I don't think he worded this exact way, but it was basically, I was clearly wrong about, you know, like how close he was to me. Yeah. For him to take that line to where when it was kicking in, he went to the outside to try, try to like, you know, cut back in and kind of yeah. prevent him from block. I think it was a, I don't think he was in a totally lose-lose situation, but there weren't a lot of things that he could have done Webb went into that corner hard too. Oh yeah, he did, like, and that was the thing. I kept watching it over and over again. I was like, "What did he just do?" Because that's I'm not a line he got it turned. <laughs> unless you, yeah, unless you are planning to do that. He went in, he slammed on the brakes, he pivoted real tight. He didn't go up. He didn't go up at all. He just went in, pivoted like it was a tiny supercross corner, and, yeah, and shot back out and did it in just he enough time. He did the time. same thing. Well, not the same exact thing, but something very similar to Plessinger too. And Plessinger tried to square off the corner like Kenny did, you know, carry the carry the speed on the outside of the turn through the whoops. Because after that table, you had that flat, long left hander that everyone was trying to get on the inside anyway. So mm-hmm. if you were on the outside through the whoops and the table, you were pretty much right there. You know, I mean, you're going to get them at that one. And it's uh, it, it was weird. I like. Going back, and I also went back and looked at it, especially when Skyro was like, I don't know if that was the line choice. Like, going back and looking, like, Kenny took that line a lot, and he wasn't the only one. Most guys were staying pretty high in that and then kind of squaring it off and and coming out to really get the speed to hit, I think it was, what, 10 whoops on that section, which is still a considerable amount of whoops going into a table. Mm -hmm. And they were so close to the turn, man. Like, But I think it's... This was another perfect example of Webb is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers, man. And I mean, we've seen it pretty much since he's gone to KTM. It's the same way. It that his the way his brain comes up with tactics on when and how to pass is unmatched. Dude, I don't know of anybody else that is that thinks like he does in the middle of the race, you mm-hmm. know, and you can kind of see it. Like who has, like, you know, the guy is 12 seconds out from you who had, who's still looking for him, 
you know what I mean? Like you're, if it was me, I'm just trying to race my race and saying, don't screw up. You got a second. Don't screw up. You got a second, mm-hmm. you know? And he's still out there looking for rocks and like, where is he? You know, like I'm going to get this dude, you know? And I, man, his heads up racing is insane. And the way he turned that corner and still got through the whoops was crazy too. I, I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, this is a question for you. Uh, oh, yeah. Dale Crow uh, wants to know if Cooper's lap times dropped. Um, yeah, so uh, and I, I might not have been explicit when I was mentioning it earlier, but yeah, so right there. So they have 14 laps on the lap chart. 14 mm-hmm. full laps is what they're showing for, for this race, right? Kenny... Yeah. Um, Kenny went down in lap 10. Yeah. Uh, he was doing a 139.3 in lap 9. Lap 10, he did a 146.2. He didn't get better than a 140 after that. He did 140.2s, a 140.8, and a 140.1. That same lap, lap 10, Cooper was doing a 139. The next full new lap after Roxon crashed, he did a 137.4, a full second plus faster than he was doing. You know, uh, Webb had done 137s earlier in the race, but he had kind of like I was, I think I was saying that I think he'd kind of was like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill myself. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just take second. It's better to, to take second and be there instead of hurting myself. But when he saw it, he smelled blood in the water literally dropped two seconds. He did a 137.4, full two seconds faster, and then he did 138, 138. That's two seconds faster than Kenny, two laps in a row. Um, yeah, and that was the difference right there. Mm-hmm. And then he bobbled right there after he after he passed Kenny in the last lap. And, and I thought that was going to be the greatest finish ever. A 12-second gap, pass for first, mess it up, yeah, it was lose it and then Kenny wins. Like that's what I seriously thought was gonna happen, man. I was I was trying not to yell because my kids were in bed. And I was doing that weird silent scream like Tiller's doing in this little emoji. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I, Jesse. Uh, I was it wasn't like standing up yet at that point. Um, cause I couldn't really see the pass. I could tell that they, that he'd done a pass down there, but I couldn't see what happened. And then he came through and he was like ahead, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is cool. And I'm like watching and he's ahead. I'm getting excited. Like I'm starting to stand up. These older guys behind me, um, they were like real old school guys. They hate one of them clearly hated web, just the trash <laughs> talk of web the whole night. And I'm sitting there wearing my KTM jacket, like, you know, whatever, like cheering for Webb the whole time. And so I got a little bit more excited and I was totally ready to cheer. And then, yeah, when he, when he bobbled, if I wasn't already standing, I was definitely like full attention, just screaming yeah. like, no, 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 I can't happen. And just sitting there like watching it, you know, they come through and on that last stretch, Kenny was, you know, Kenny was on him. Um, it looked like you're just hoping that, because like I said, none of them were jumping over the sand at that point. There were yeah. so many things between that corner and the finish line, just little things where 
something could have happened to Webb's front wheel. And you're just like, anything could happen. He could go through the sand. He could like mess up and cause Kenny yeah. was right there on him the whole time. And it was just, Oh, and that was so track good. was so big. It made it that much more exciting. Dude. Yeah. Like, Cause there was so much time between. Oh yeah. Between the things. It was just, especially when the white lap, cause you see the flag come out, right. And you're like, they're on the last lap. It's time. And you're having to wait twice as long. Yeah, so they've come through. It's like twice as many opportunities for something bad to happen. You know, it's like one <laughs> yeah. super long or something section. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it was, it was exciting. It was exciting. I, I was personally kind of, I wanted to see a tighter points race over the next two weekends, um, just for excitement. You yeah. Know? Um, it's not over yet. He's no, still it's, within it's striking from distance. It. You know. Oh yeah. Cooper could have a bad dragon back night. Yeah. You know, and it's right there. And it's, uh, I don't know if our listeners saw, but, uh, the AMA docked Anderson, what two spots, I think. I think it was it three. Was three. Mm-hmm. And there was talk that Sexton got hit too, but nobody could figure out how. So I don't know if maybe it was the AMA. It just didn't put them back in the right place. Um, but there was, uh, so, a number of people got um, had a little bit better ride home than what they thought they did. Uh, but I know a hundred percent Anderson got docked and that was for what was that? The first lap when he kind of just second gear on the rev limiter, right through the center of the track back on yeah. before one of the tunnel jumps. When Fernandez came, um, it was the, they were coming through. It was after, after the rhythm section, um, after that first set of whoops, they were going through. Frandis ran into the back of him right there. They both yeah, yeah. went down. Anderson was pointed off the track. He just cut the corner and didn't like. I he didn't slow down, guy. Man, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm <laughs> If I was him in that position, I probably would have been docked he... later for it because at that point in time, like to try to do the math, yeah. like how many people just passed me, like when do I re-enter safely? I would have been like, nope, doc, well, call me later. Like, tell me how much I need to pay you because I was just like, I'm not going to lose a bunch of spots now. In not Anderson fashion, he did look behind him to make sure that he wasn't going to cut anybody off when he came on the track. Usually he just sends it, you know? Yeah, yeah, he did yeah, jump straight he into did, it. He did do one of these real quick. You know? Yeah, he just did a change lanes look and that was it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I can't say that I would have done anything differently on that one because yeah. it's like, do I lose 10 now trying not to lose some later or do I just say, screw it and let them figure it out and they can bill me. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially I, as fast as he was going that day. It's like, you don't, yeah. Don't put yourself in a bad spot by having to pass a bunch of people, you know? And that was, uh, and like I said, there, there was talks that something happened with Sexton, but nobody's like, nobody's backed up that initial saying. So, and I, I was too busy putting slides together, man. I didn't have time to go back and check. But I watched. They didn't talk about it in the highlights. There was nothing that he did. Oh, okay. I don't. I honestly don't remember. I don't remember hearing of, anything about sex in the whole race. <laughs> I don't think. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't think they docked him. Did you see no. something that said that he, he got docked, yeah. or was it just a bunch of like? Because they, they, they don't like, do press releases like we docked him for this many reasons. No. Right? They're just like, 
it's done yeah. with. I it don't was, think uh, he finished much better it? than 10th if he did. No, it was uh, it was something similar to like a motocross action where it's like they do like the catchy headlines. And then if mm. you don't go through and like read two or three articles to put the whole thing together, you're not like 100% certain of what they're really talking about, you know, and it was uh, it was one of those that I saw it was somebody threw one up on one of the forums and I read it real quick while I was at work and I was like, hmm, Anderson, I can see, but I just got swamped and forgot to follow up about the Sexton thing. But it's, uh, I don't, he's a pretty clean cut kid, man. Like, I don't see how, like what he could have done. And I don't remember hearing anything about him almost the whole race anyway. So I'm thinking it was just one of those, what they call them, clickbaity title article thingies, you know, but. Yeah, I just looked it up on, um, I just like Googled it and. Uh, it's just Anderson. Yeah. Well, I, I think I found it was with the motocross action um, article, the first thing that came up and it, it looks a little clickbaity and all the sex and references in there. None of them miss, a, miss mention a, a penalty. Not to uh, say that he's not, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I remember him. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't one hundred percent remember, and I probably shouldn't have said fantasy. anything. Yeah, no, he did. It was he didn't. Uh, he didn't finish any better than that because he was on my fantasy team on pulp. And he had mm-hmm. a negative three handicap, so like he was he was actually worse than that. And then he oh. made up some positions because I was like, "There's no way he's going to go from like twelfth or whatever he was in to seventh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, and I. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that 10th is where he finished. It could have been. Yeah. Let's run down some points real quick, though. Points, Cause we, points. Yeah, because we still got, like, pickums and all the awards and stuff like that to get through, man. Yeah. Uh, 450 points as we stand right now. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Cooper Webb with 339. Ken Roxon, 323. Tomac with 299. Barsha with 264 and AP with 234. He's uh ah, you love to see it, man. I don't have anything else to say. I'm a big Plessinger fan. So it's uh yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to see how the rest of the rounds turn out. Hopefully Kenny can uh do something. I don't know. He needs to hang out with Bam Bam for like two weeks or something and get a little Bam on him. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I definitely think there's hope for him to come out. I mean, Tuesday night, we didn't expect the results to be that way. You know, it, yeah. I'm not saying that it has to, it, it it's going to require a bad dragon back night for Cooper Webb for Kenny to win because something like Tuesday could happen again. You know, who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Just takes they, a bad start, man. That's all yeah, it is. A bad start, a bad something, a bad meal. Um, I don't know. You know, I hope yeah. I hope he's hope his meals for these next two weeks, but who knows? Yeah, it's oh. it's hard to say. Uh what about the uh the bro taco stuff? Oh the, you know, do the, the sauce tip moment? Yeah. Uh Dale, I'll get to your uh your comment here once we get through these. Uh, let's see, where was it? The bro taco sauced it. So I was making the slides and there was a lot of insight from Jesse as well as Tiller as to what the sauced it moment should be. Um, 
but I was making the slides. So I threw in Roxon from 12 seconds out to second place, soused it. Now, right, the bro taco sauce, the thing is something that either you shouldn't have saved that almost wreck or you just completely messed it up, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's uh, I I had to pick rocks and there was a couple other ones that were thrown out there, too. But if you have a better moment, be sure to let us know and uh, we will update our stuff. The Sunstar drive of the race. So this one, I had to dig a little deep. I was expecting something in the 450s, and there wasn't anything even close to this. And I didn't even realize this, but Hunter Lawrence went from 18th to 4th in the 250 main. He Andy literally, yeah, yeah. Like, he literally passed one person every lap, which is saying a lot. Like, he was cruising. So... He's done that at all three of the Atlanta races. I think all three of them, he he put in some killer rides past a lot of people after getting a bad start or messing up something. He he put in definitely some drives. Oh over yeah, the whole ATL series. Yeah, that's uh. So before we jump into some uh, pickums and fantasy, Dale has a silly season question. Do you have any insight to any major changes? Uh, no. But I have heard that the green guys are probably going to be the same crew that they've had this year for the next couple of years. Uh, I did hear that Tomac signed a rather lucrative extension on his contract. Um, Garrett Marchbanks also signed a multi-year deal. So he will be riding with Club MX for a couple more years. Mm. Um, the big talk and rumor mill is around ap staying with yamaha or going somewhere else um the only other places i could really see is where he kind of follows cooper's footsteps um and unfortunately that would mean that marv might be out um or possibly dean wilson marv had uh, an extension supposedly did he yeah. yeah, that's I know he was kind of he was coming up on the chopping block and his name was thrown out there. Um, and then Dean Wilson is year to year. So those were two guys that they were like, ah, maybe, but I really don't see AP going anywhere except for blue, especially after the Supercross season that they're having this year. And AP is pretty good outdoors, too. So yeah. the thing with AP that's interesting is AP's going to have to for AT. Well, I think it's pretty Obviously, they haven't denied it, but like I think it's pretty out there that KTM definitely is, is definitely giving him an offer, right? Um, yeah. June is what I've heard about the that offer going away. But the key is he's going to have to want to go there because Yamaha has the first right to refusal, right? And yeah, like he's going to have to really want KTM because I bet Yamaha is clearly going to be like maybe not match an offer, but if Plessinger's motivated by money. They're going to make yeah. it real hard to be like, well, do you hate us that bad that this extra extra little bits, you know, not going yeah. to not want I I don't know. I think I think he's a I think he's, he's a blue guy. Me, he feels yeah. like a just the star team. That whole yeah. team that they've got going on, that feels more like him than well, that's, doing the Alden thing and and losing. We it were just talking about like, it. Yeah, it's just a it, he definitely fits there. 
you know, yeah. like that, that's his deal. We were talking at work that he almost has that like Doug Henry esque feeling within that team, you know, where he's going to be blue no matter mm-hmm. what, you know, for, for a long time. And I think, I mean, Yamaha's taken care of him for a really long time too, ever since he was an amateur, I believe. So it's, uh, and he's got family ties that have raced Yamahas for a long time too. So it's going to have to be a really nice deal to get him to go play around in Alden's yeah. place. You know, yeah, to want to do that. And the thing, yeah, yeah, they've got, he's, they've got a lot. I'd be really curious to see what they'd be offering him, you know, to make him change from that team to that team. Or maybe, maybe his deal at Star is just not that great and we don't know it. And, you know, that was kind of the best thing he's got. Who knows? Um, and then the other one out there that I think is not necessarily just rumored, but there's that weird situation with Rockstar and Husky. And then maybe I think the Bobby Hewitt thing is too much of a rumor to be taken too seriously right now, but the Rockstar, yeah. you know, pulling out of the Husky thing that maybe they won't be able to field three riders next year. Yeah. Which that's another thing where the only logical person on the chopping block is Dean Wilson, man. Which sucks because I like Dean Wilson, but he's literally the only reason he's on that team is because he agreed to a low money year to year deal. You know, every year if he doesn't perform, he's on the chopping block. You yeah. know, and then he was better than what he was doing because he was literally out of a box van with a tent yeah. with his parents before they were like, okay, just kidding, like, come on back, you know? Yeah. And what is it? MCR is only racing Supercross this year, I heard. Um, so there will be no Moto Concepts Honda and outdoors from what I understand. I think I heard something about that, but I can't remember what I heard. I think there was, I think I was just listening to something that was discussing that and what the riders that were on that team could or couldn't do outdoors if they were going to. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was another? I heard something else about about somebody else and i can't remember maybe it was that marv finally inked his deal or he finally got the deal that he was looking for maybe that's what it was i can't remember i got so much stuff swirling through my head right now man i'm trying to like sort through it and file it and yeah. i wasn't ready for silly season man and but all, i love talking about it at this point though too because yeah. it's just like you know and whatever happened with covid obviously is a little different but generally the year the time of the year is september october for the yeah. Where the contracts go up, you know. Oh, the other thing about the silly season stuff is old BB4. I heard that it uh, it should be going through the courts. Mm. That was the other thing that I had heard. That's not really silly season or anything, but I don't know anything about it. You know, yeah, I think it was. I think he'd probably be able to talk about most of it, but it was. I think it was on vital. So I don't even know. Take that with a grain of salt, you know? Um, yeah. Jar of salt. So, but that was, maybe it was them. Could have been swap. I listened to so much stuff. I can't keep track of it, but it's, uh, that was another thing that I had heard that I was like, Hmm, interesting. You know, like I'm going to have to follow this storyline. Um, and then of course it's all hush hush anyway. And let's be honest, Blake isn't the one to put his business out. So, and neither are Forrest Butler. He's not going to put his business out there either. So, just as long as they can handle their business without getting 
too much bad blood going in between everybody in the sport. I more power to a man, but that was yeah. the other thing that I did here. You know, um, you want to run down some pickums, dude? This pick is your baby. Pickums. Let's see. Yeah, so we had the results as crazy as the uh, the race was. Um, I guess the top five really didn't go. There wasn't a lot of crazy pull-ups in the top five this week, but um, we did have a little switch up again in the top five. Um, you you jumped back in. You're in the top five now after your, your off week. Yeah. Congrats for you and Kenny. Um, yeah, so we got Brian Bearden's at 131. I'm sitting at 130. Terry Schaffer? Schaefer? Schaefer. I'm going to say Schaefer. Hit me up if I'm saying it wrong. Also at 130, so tied for second, technically. Uh, Cole Platt, 126. He he was in the lead, the pretty massive lead out of nowhere, like a, uh, a round or two ago. So, yeah, you know, we reeled all of a sudden him back down. in. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you're sitting in fifth with a 124. Um, yeah, that was uh, pretty good. All you got to do is two, two to three right picks can make a big difference. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the week um obviously it's a bigger difference if you get all if you get the 10 people right but um yeah you just got to get you know at least two of them in the right spot yeah and how do you guys have the uh like the scoring figured out for these things i i like it it's it keeps it close man especially because yeah. you're doing 250s and 450s so it's uh it's fun. You know, you can really get it spread out and all that, but yeah, I think that's, I think we talked about it before. That's why I like the way Jesse, um, where they came up with the scoring for this one. It's like, it's the same idea ish, I guess, compared to like pulp versus like RM, you know, of picking the right spot. But the benefit here is like you get an edge for getting the right one, yeah. but you don't get some ridiculous exponential yeah. number that makes it, you know, hard to follow up or uh, this is, I'd say, I'd say we've had the same 10 to 15 people, you know, every, like consistently every week put in, we've had uh, some others jump in and out, but for all of us to kind of get comfortable, but granted after round six, the top five stopped shuffling around as much um, in each round. So the 250 switchover was big. Yeah, it makes it uh, it makes it fun that you can mess up one week and not feel like you're so far out because you you dropped a week and now you're yeah and now yeah. you're back in the top five. Bunch of doctor's appointments for uh forgetting that I can't do a double double three times in a row. I guess I'll have to write <laughs> that on my bar pad. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh it's fun. Uh, don't forget jump over there to play pickums. They are on power the number two thegroundcom Uh check out the cool video that Jesse puts up. It seems like he puts a new one up every week. Um and come try your hand. It's uh I don't know. It's fun. I like it. There's a lot of a lot of differences, a lot of changes, um like week to week. You know, like you said, it's not it's not the same thing all the time where you're like, Oh man, what's this guy's handicap? And this guy's handicap should be this and this one. And it's nah. get on there, pick your top five, score some points. And it's, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. 
you know, it, it goes quick and it's enough spread. Yeah. It's enough spread. I mean, you got 10 guys, you five in the two fifties and five in the four fifties and let her rip tater chip, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, uh, it is important. And then, uh, Dale has brainstorming some ideas on how to incentivize some people to bring their friends for the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. It might be, uh, I don't know. We'll have to get together. Maybe we can do some like weekly prizes or something like that too. I don't know. Yeah. Jesse's probably sitting there like, shut up, dog. <laughs> <laughs> we got enough going on. We don't know? need to brainstorm anything else. Oh yeah. Well, that's, I mean, if you followed the show since, since it was just him and Steve, man, it was just him and Steve, like on the couch, like just hanging out, you know, talking supercross and they were great shows, man, but it has grown, you know, mm-hmm. it is, it's grown pretty it's growing a lot, you know, and he's the one steering, steering it. And it's, we just keep coming up with all these good ideas. And then we're like, yeah, let's do this. And he's like, ah, oh, I still have a job, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. but it's, uh, Dale has another question. Um, a return to Anaheim or any other location or Cali location next year, uh, without getting into politics, I don't know. I don't necessarily see it. Uh, outdoors, yeah, I can see that. Indoors and stadiums, it's up to the local and state government, man. I don't. I. I don't know. I think. I think they're gonna. They're gonna try, right? Because yeah, I mean California, they have to try. That's yeah, where, that's where it's at. You know, they're definitely gonna try. So I think I would put. 60 yes 40 no that yeah. just based on how everything with you know covid is going this year i think there's a chance that maybe yeah like one of the later rounds we could do you know find something where they're like yeah okay cool we'd rather have one back in california even if it's at like 50 percent capacity there um so i definitely think that there's a california round but like you said outdoors you know yeah outdoors probably for sure um indoors is probably the weird thing but i think next year the interesting thing is like what i was kind of getting towards earlier is i've been to the georgia Dolan mercedes-benz for the past like six years in a row now every year over and over again same place first year atlanta motor speedway half the crowd i would prefer to do atlanta motor speedway again as a fan the only downside like what JT's, you know, like it's kind of funny listening to like JT talk track. about. Well, yeah, yeah, there's that. But uh, listen to JT talk about like the production of the show. Not going to lie. It getting dark in there, opening ceremonies in the dark stadium, really kind of cool. Or dark dome, you know, yeah. is really kind of cool. It wasn't bad there because it wasn't dark out. If it was dark out, that means it's cold. That means it's probably a little bit like not as fun. But it was still a good time. It's just a different yeah. thing. I think the other pieces of it are worth being at that uh, place over yeah. a stadium. I'm not saying they should switch to all of these. I think I think more of these are totally a thing. Um, security, I'm not going to say non-existent, but it felt non-existent to how crazy it is at In Mercedes-Benz Domes. Yeah, um, it was it was good. Uh, you know, one of the coolest parts was um, walking to the pits. You get to walk right beside the track. And I think I shared a video 
I might have sent one to you guys um, on the Discord. Hit us up on the Discord. All the cool stuff's on there. Um, right. The walking to the pits, you're literally walking by the track, and they they let you stand there and watch it all uh, like Daytona style. Yeah. During, if you wanted to, I didn't even think about it. Just because you could see they were flying over the doubles like right in front of your face. You know, you were yeah. 10, 15 feet away from it while they're practicing on the track. Even if you pay 150 bucks for a track walk session, you don't get to be 15 feet from a double that they're flying through the air on. Yeah, you it's know? a different so was, experience, man. Yeah, and so I think I think this is, if I given the choice, I would probably be more likely to go to an event at one of these versus um, back in the stadium again. Well, they have uh, a few different reasons. There's the um, Willow Springs is right up there in Roseman, which isn't too far from Anaheim, minus the traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, There's Bakersfield Motor Speedway is up there. There's there's a lot of places where they might be able to pull something like that off. Um, But I mean, like you said, it's probably a 60 percent. Yeah, they're not going to not try. You know, I mean, Anaheim has been a staple of Supercross for quite a while now. Um, So they're not going to not try, um, but it's really up to the local and state county government, you know, and it's that's something that I just I can't answer. I lived in L.A. for like 10 years, man. And so I. I want to answer it, but I'm not a politician, you know, so it's a. that that's pretty much the best that I can say right now is I would have to say they're going to, they're going to give a hell, you know, and it's a 60%, especially everyone going out and getting their vaccines and stuff like that out there. So it's, uh, I mean, we'll see, we can only hope, you know, I, I used to love going to Anaheim and they even have what Devore, California, which is right down there too. So it's, uh, that's another place that's fairly close by that they might be able to do something or hell just plow Disney world under and put a bunch of jumps on that. And let's go race there. Oh yeah. Just jump over Mickey mouse. Yeah. Just right through. It's a small world, dude. Just brap. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent down, dude. Yeah. That'll get me back in California. <laughs> you know? Yes. They race in California. 90% of that 60% is Barsha wins Anaheim again next year. Get out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. But it's, uh, what Even else? nobody else does, Marsh is going to race and win Anaheim again. Right. Hey, he won it this year. Yeah. Right. In the promo or whatever. <laughs> is it? Don't forget on Fridays at noon, get your lunchtime Supercross in just before the race on Saturday with Jesse. Uh, he will be doing it in the same platform that we are on now, which will go to YouTube and Facebook. Um, this Friday was a little weird. He had some family obligations. However, the Friday coming up, as far as I know, noon Eastern Standard, Jesse is going to go over all the news that happened just before the gate drops on Saturday. So before, uh, be sure to stop in and check him out. Also, as you guys can probably tell, uh, new review show on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard. Stop in and hang out with Doug and Tiller. I'm Doug, and that's Tiller. So thanks for hanging out with us. It's uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else that we 
that we want to talk about, man. I mean, we went over quite, we jammed a lot of stuff in, in about an hour and a half, you know, which was why we moved the show up 30 minutes. Cause we were talking too much, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'm kind of, I mean, there's always something to talk about, but I think, I think that's pretty good. Um, you know, I'm excited about the next two rounds. Um, Salt Lake City, nice to see the East Coast round back one more time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching the 250 highlights again last night, I think I'd gotten messed up because I just now noticed that the AMA has got their like points sheets messed up. Surprise, surprise. Um, I forgot, and I've probably said it on here a bunch of times, that it's West Coast until the East-West shootout. That's not the case. According to the schedule, it is back in the East Coast round next week. So Craig Nichols, um, yeah, Craig and yeah. Nichols. Oh, that Jet guy. Um, yeah, that Jet guy. <laughs> next that, weekend, um, that Jet kid. Is, yeah, that Jet kid. That East West shootout on uh, Salt Lake City too. So two weekends from yeah. now. Um, last night I was thinking that Cooper and team were going to return one more time. And they were talking about, oh yeah, Cooper could, you know, seal the title tonight. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, he's going yeah. to seal the title tonight with two more rounds. And no, it's just one more round for that. So that because on there, like when you look at the the point standings and everything, if you look at the West Coast, the ones that are racing now, they have Salt Lake City one, Salt Lake City two, empty on theirs, and the other oh, yeah. coast, they only have Salt Lake City two empty. So they've got the the sheets backwards uh, messed up there. And I've been looking at those and I was like, Oh yeah. So they got two more rounds left. No, they, they don't stop looking on the AMA website guy. Yeah. I don't trust them. Dude. Trust it, math. Like the scoring timing and scoring have been so messed up on that website this season that me and Jesse can literally click into the site at the same time and get two different points results. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pretty sketchy at times. Yeah. And it's, I mean, what are you going to do? They're from, yeah. they're from Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, man, it's been a great show. Uh, any of our listeners have anything? I mean, you can type it out real quick while, while we're saying bye, but, uh, I mean, you know what? I just, just noticed, give it a second. Maybe we'll get one more question. Um, another thing I, I remember Tuesday night on the broadcast when I think Kenny was winning his heat. They were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Kenny's got eight heat wins and Cooper's only got one. And they were making it sound like, well, of course, this means he's going to win tonight. You know, if he's winning, yeah. his, he's got eight wins. He's, it's like, well, that clearly doesn't mean much this season. If he's got eight heat yeah. wins and Cooper's only got one, and it's not the exact opposite in heat uh, main event wins. Um, yeah. But Kenny's got 134 laps led when Cooper's only got 101. Um but There's then, only one you know, that matters. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's probably a little bit backwards then about who's got the most, uh, um, or least amount of second or laps in second, uh, second position. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, that's a good thing to go over next weekend, man. Let's come out with some crazy stats, dude. That's I'll stats. help you. Let's find some stuff, dude. Cause we're coming in on the last week and the title could be wrapped up, you know, so nobody likes talking about a race that doesn't really count, 
you know yeah yeah let's burn the barn down man it could be it could be like last year where it's just the husky one two three on the podium because nobody else cares right maybe we can talk jesse into coming and doing the show with us if it's a uh if the title's wrapped up we'll just do the review show it's like the season review man we'll get jesse on something like that so it's uh Wayne, I'm gonna get with you this week and we'll go over something like uh something like that, get it all figured out, um figure out where they're at and all that. So I'll be in touch with you, man. But it's uh other than that. I think we're good. Boy, Nobody else has got I any uh, questions. Appreciate yeah. everybody hanging out with us. Yeah. You know, coming in with a bunch of questions. Yeah. Some more yeah. next week. Give us Dale was making me rack my brain over here. I'm surprised it didn't start smoking, man. But we'll catch you all next week. Have fun. Take care. See ya.